ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> In this corner, Eddie Gagner. And in the opposite corner, Kristen Gagner. <laughs> this is What's Special About Special. Uh, I wanted to say that. Well, hello there. My name's Eddie Gagnon. <laughs> Eddie, I don't want to be here all night. Welcome and thank you for joining us. My name's Eddie Gagnon. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Kristen. Your voice. On today's episode, we would like to use our platform to shed light on the most recent events occurring in our country. Joining us is our daughter, Annabella, who is a student in the public school system. And also we have a close dear friend, Miss Janice, or as we like to call her, Auntie Janice. During this episode, we mentioned some fantastic resources that Janice brought to us, and we really want to highlight them. So please check out their fitness challenge at Brittany Liz Strong or at OMG, it's JPRE, supporting the Loveland Foundation. Please listen to the rest of this episode for more information. Well, hello. Welcome, folks, to another episode of What's Special About Special. Uh, today, we do have a special guest, uh, Janice, or Miss Janice, or as we like to refer to her in the Gagnon household as Auntie Janice. Thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, it's so great to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. And then we also, considering this is a very special episode, we do have Annabella Gagnon. Hi. Welcome to the show. We have our extra special second guest today. <laughs> so, Kristen, why don't you go ahead and uh, roll with the credentials of our guests? Yeah, well, I want to start by saying that today's episode is a little different than our typical episode that we normally um, put out. Uh, we realized that we normally we were going to air another episode for this week, but with everything going on in the world and everything kind of going on this week, we really wanted to bring a different set of resources to the community. And we felt that this might be the best way to do that. Um, we also realized that in our household, there's been a lot more conversation this week, particularly, but all the time, but really this week, particularly around, what's been going on in the news um, and the, you know, specifically the black lives matter movement and everything that's been happening. And Annabella has had a lot of, a lot of things to say about that in very articulate ways to say them probably better than both me and Eddie can say. Um, and we felt that it was important to let her have a voice as well. And we thought, it would be a really interesting voice to hear from her as not only our daughter as a child, um, as someone in our community and somebody who is a student and has, is in this community as well. She's got a lot of peers um, who are people of color. She has a lot of peers who are not. And we live in an inner city where we see a lot of different a lot of different things in the community, a lot of different people all across the board. And so I think that she's got a lot of great views on what's going on right now. And we wanted to give her that voice. But we also understand that she's 12 and that that's a different view mindset and that us as parents have a responsibility to kind of help guide her through what's going on. Right. Um, and we understand that teachers have a responsibility, whether or not they want that responsibility there it's kind of handed to them when they're in a classroom it's a little bit different of a dynamic outside the classroom right now during covid um but we thought that having miss janice or auntie janice on <laughs> to speak with us to talk about what she kind of does in the classroom or outside the classroom as it is right now with her students would help kind of us with this conversation as well so awesome. Sorry, that was a long rant. But. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and so I guess um, what we had decided for this whole um, episode is we do want it, of course, to be just an open conversation, um, I, I guess, to completely 
acknowledge the elephant in the room is to acknowledge the fact that, you know, Chris and I are, we are white. Um, we've had that privilege of not having to deal with the social inequalities and the injustices that are, uh, endured by people of color every day. Um, but again, we find it, it would be, uh, irresponsible of us not to address these current issues right now. Um, especially because in my opinion, us being that privilege and having that ability, we need to use that platform. Um, I think that that's one thing that we can acknowledge. Um, one thing that I'm trying to learn and trying to literally engulf myself with is to make sure that the actions that I'm taking, not just the words I'm speaking, but actions that we do as well are going to be benefiting the future, benefiting that equality and benefiting, um, the end of this injustice that we face every day. So that's where I think all of this really originated from. Um, and I'm honestly, I will try to keep it like, I will try to keep my emotions down, but, um, in the wake of all of this, I, I just, every day I've, I've been struggling emotionally. Like where do I find myself and where I, I can put myself to better the situation. But that's where I feel like this, this episode is going to be very, very special in that way where we can, we can discuss this. It can be an open conversation, but in the end, I want to be able to know what I can do more, what actions that I can take to, again, um, contribute to the evolution that we need this this the end of this injustice the end of the inequality uh for especially as a parent too right like how we yeah. can i i would say in in bella this is where i would like you to come in um we're fortunate that bella goes to a great school where she has great teachers um and we just have great mentors and teachers in our lives thank you Vince. thank you very much miss janet um oh, but in that you know um today bella was engaging in a conversation with her peers um and honestly when i reflect on that when i when i'm witnessing and hearing that there's other 12 year olds that they they're addressing their fears they're addressing their concerns it is absolutely heart-wrenching to me as a parent that these are the things that are on our children's minds like these are adult content things our children should be worrying about who left off being it when they were playing tag at recess not we need to address social inequalities in our own schools like those are things that i i just can't I have a really difficult time, uh, wrapping my head around and I want, you know, I want to be a contributing factor to make these things better. I don't want to talk about what is happening. We, we acknowledge what's happening. I feel like a voice of where we can go from that and a voice that can create answers or just kind of, you know, brainstorm about answers is where we need to go. Like, so, um, Bella, I would like to turn that over to you. Um, Bella, why were you interested in in being a part of this episode? Well, mainly because as a, a 12-year-old student in a school where I I do have, like, friends who... I have friends who I know for a fact don't get the amount... don't get the amount of privilege that I get. They don't get the... They, they are facing, like, social injustice. And I think that that's... It's really, really terrible. And I want to be, I very, very, very much want to be a contributing factor to be able to stop these issues. Because to be honest, the the things that are going on right now, like in the world with, with racism, it's really just terrible. It's terrible. And it's, I, I mean, I really, I really can't even explain how, how terrible it is that these are things that people have to face. And you, go ahead. Oh, um, and like, it's, I feel that I want to help people that face social injustice because I don't, I hate the thought that somebody has to feel like that every single day, that somebody has like a, a friend of mine or a peer of mine at school has to, has to fear walking home from school. I, I really, I, it's, it's, I want to be able to fix that. Because every person that I see or I meet, instantly, I feel that I need to, I need to make everybody feel like. You, you, you want to make people feel comfortable when they're around you. Except. Yeah. 
I I think that I don't I really don't like it when I don't feel accepted or uncomfortable in a space and I never ever would wish anybody like that feeling. So I just want to make sure that nobody's feeling that way and that we can all feel like we're in a safe we're in a safe environment. So I think that's important. Yeah. So I really want to help so that to make sure and like that every person, every friend, every peer, every human being on this earth feels as though they are treated with respect, they are comfortable in the environment that they are in, and they know that they are loved. And so I, the reason that I got into it was just basically, I really, I want to help and I want to be able to make a change. Well, I think that's big. Thank you. That's huge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Bella. And so uh, of course, you know, we have the child's perspective, but, um, as Ms. Janice being involved in the school system, the public school system. Um, and honestly, in my opinion, you, you're a great advocate for, you know, social equality. Um, just the things that we talk about in our conversations that we had previously and just, you know, where you stand um, politically, I think is huge, but where do you find yourself, um, trying to make those differences in your students um, and where do you see uh, the ability to make those changes or to, to help with those improvements? Um, I think firstly, we all just kind of have to realize that no one's perfect at this, you know, nobody's a hundred percent going to get it right every single time. But the first step is, you know, the willingness to try and the willingness to put yourself out there for the kids, because when the kids see that you're a real person who has the same kind of thoughts that they do and they want better for their lives, better for other people's lives. And they pick up on that. Um, Something I do every year in my classroom during black history month is I always show my kids this particular cartoon. uh, I think it's called my friend Martin. And it's, I watch it every single year. It's like a 45 minute, just these kids go back in time they meet Martin Luther King Jr. And that's kind of our segue into talking about diversity and racism and what types of things were happening during the civil rights movement and what types of things are happening now. Um, And even though I this year teach second graders, um, you know, they pick up on those things and they say, oh, well, we don't have to ride at the back of the bus anymore. We can pick our spots on the local transit bus. And, you know, um, we go to school with all sorts of kids of every color. Well, so-and-so is white and so-and-so is black, but we're allowed to go to school together. And I feel like as adults, we often think that, or just assume, I should say, the kids don't have complex thoughts about social justice, about race, but kids are already thinking about race and who's around them and what's fair and what's equal and those kind of equity conversations, mm-hmm. even right. at that low little seven-year-old level. Right. Um, well, I think, so I think that's what the, the big thing is like Bella watching. I don't think we even, we know Bella has, we say it all the time. Like we're aware that Annabella speaks and has thoughts in a way that it might be beyond her years at 12. Because she's the only 12-year-old we're talking to. But sitting during COVID, she's been on all of these Zoom calls with her classmates and her teachers. And it's in the same room that I'm working in. And so I'm able to kind of hear these calls. And the one today with her teacher, one, I will say that I was thoroughly impressed with the fact that her teacher was, you know, open enough to just say, you're a, it was a music class. And for her teacher to just be able to say open enough to say, Hey, your assignment today is to give some thought on what's going on in the world right now and come to class with that. And how is it affecting you? She, you know, to be able to just say lesson stops, let's talk about that. And then these students, you know, she gave them all of a moment and a voice to say, how are you feeling? What's going on? I'm the honest, we kind of do that here in our house, but I would assume most parents don't think when we're, when me and Eddie are talking during the day, we're talking about current events. We're talking about what we saw on Facebook. We're talking about what we saw in the news. I never usually think to turn around and go, Hey guys, how is this affecting what you, what's happening with you? When it's definitely probably affecting them. So for the teacher to turn and say that to the students, listening to the students responses and how articulate they were and what their thoughts were a couple times, I turned around and looked at Bella like, wow. I mean, they were thoughts I wasn't even having. 
and they knew more about what was going on than I did. They were informed. They were thinking very logically. You know, they were very middle ground, just saying, well, this isn't necessarily fair, but I think this and just being very, you know, understanding of the situation and they weren't looking at all the negative because you one, they're not all over Facebook like the rest of the world. So they're not seeing all the bad, all the good. Cause unlike adults, they're not all over the media. They're just seeing the facts or hearing what's happening and they're forming opinions based on right. that. Right. It was really interesting to hear their hear see it through a child's eyes with just a really innocent look on things. And there are times that we say, you're not fully informed. Let's have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, Bella? There are a couple yeah. times that me and daddy have said to you, that's not 100% accurate. Right. Let's talk about that. Yeah. But as a whole, she's coming from a really genuinely honest place and forming these honest opinions. <laughs> Yeah. Now I'm like, why don't you tell me things and I'll start voting that way because you seem to have a much more genuine view on things. Yeah. And I, um, and I understand, like, I mean, even in that Zoom call that we were doing today, I understand that I didn't vocally participate very much. Um, and I know that I should have, but I do think that if you just, if you're just listening to the things that are really going on and to, and to people's facts and opinions, that is going to change you. That's going to make a difference in what you think you need to make an impact on. I was just sitting there listening to all of my peers' opinions, and I and I kind of just thought, you know, we all are well-informed. I didn't participate, but I definitely took something away from it. And as long as people are listening and they're, they're hearing the things and the facts and what people are saying you're going to be able to take something powerful away from everything that's going on. Right. But that's participating Pumpkinhead. Like I think yeah, you participated you without participate. knowing you're participating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I know the, the school that I work on a big push this year, and it's actually built into our curriculum is how to build a community of learners. And it's not just about learning the academics, but teaching the kids how to be open and honest with each other and comfortable being vulnerable or being wrong or being right and listening to their friends who are wrong and right and learning how to have a conversation with someone without jumping in and saying, no, that's not right. And being able to accept, you know, somebody else's idea that's different than yours, being able to give a different idea than yours and give yourself reasons of like your backup. Why do you feel this way? Or mm-hmm. asking the question, well, why do you think that? Hmm, that's interesting. Or I disagree or I agree because da 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 you know? Yeah. Now, is that like, I mean, do you feel, how do you feel? I feel like that is the foundation of making these changes. Yeah. I think that this push in curriculum, um, or not in curriculum, I'm sorry, this push in community building uh, is going to be, the biggest way for us to make change in the classroom and the biggest way for us to make change in our community, because these local protests are going on. Many of them were started by students because they're open and willing to listen to each other and they're being their honest selves. Like you said before, Mm -hmm. they know what it is that they want and they know what it is that they believe is fair and equitable and the right thing to do. And they're helping their communities see it the same way. And I think that those kinds of things have to start when they're young. They have to start when they're little, you know, down to what's better for lunch, pizza or popcorn. You know, I think pizza's better because blah, blah, blah. I think popcorn's better because blah, blah, blah. But learning how to be a citizen of your classroom is going to help them learn to be citizens of the greater community going to help them be able to have these really hard conversations later on where as adults, we get caught up in that Facebook, you're wrong. No, look at this article. No, you're wrong. Look at this article. We didn't have that foundation, you know, or, or maybe some of us did, but obviously not enough of us did. Right. Well, or the foundation was thought of as right, but the whole, the black and white of right and wrong and, not like necessarily black white, but you know, like there's a right and a wrong and there's no in between. And 
And I think that that was probably born out of something else just because maybe there wasn't an alternative at some point. Maybe it was necessary that there had to be someone right and someone wrong. And so it kind of birthed this whole generation of someone just has to be right on this and someone has to be wrong on this. And there's no room for a gray area right now. And so I I don't know where that stemmed from, but it seems like pride. It stems from pride. It seems like every, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but it seems that there's a generational shift where that is, there's a generation that that happened for. And then there's this generation that, you know, you, people can complain about millennials and under, but they have, they do have a different view on things. And for whatever the society might think they're lacking. And this is something that I feel like they're not with this whole community feel. Right. Um, And that is where something's maybe going to make a change. And, you know, I think with that, that same group of people are using social media differently. They're not using it in the same way. And the hope would be that that whole part of media that's only showing the yes and the no and the good and the bad and the right and the wrong will probably fade because I know that there's so many people I know and I'm the older side of the generation, but the younger side, the younger generation either don't have that type of social media or just don't, don't use it. They scroll through, they don't click on it. Just not their cup of tea. They're They're just kind of learning to embrace that gray area of like, yeah, they're using the TikTok and the Snapchat and the Instagram instead of the Facebook. Right. Because yeah. it's just not their thing. So the politics are out of the picture for it. And yeah. hopefully that makes a shift in how things get out there and how information gets kind of sent out there and then people see something differently. Um and it's not to say, I mean, like we've said this many times, we know that there's stuff out there that shouldn't be happening. Like Bella said it really, really well earlier. She said, you know, I know that there's bad things happening that shouldn't be happening during protests. And I know that there's great things happening. But she was, for a straight day, she kept coming to me and saying, but this and this and this, and she was only naming off negatives. And I said, there's a ton of positives. We have to find that. Let's talk you can no longer talk to me about a negative. It's easy to talk about the negatives because that's what the media is showing. Right. Let's, that's the big push. And that's what everybody wants to hear. Like, see, look, you're wrong. It's clip Look at this. Look at this. Yep. This proves my point because your point is bad. On both yeah. sides. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, both sides are doing that. So Exactly. But there's so much of the opposite happening. And that should be also shown. And then people like the kids are make, can also make their opinions as a community and, and decide how to kind of move forward with that. I feel like at this point in time, um, we, we, we live in an age where if you search deep enough, you are going to find an opinion that coincides with yours. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's, that, that is a little bit of a problem where you have these people who can have, you know, these most like ignorant, closed minded ideas and they will get support from other people who are just as ignorant and closed minded from them. But then you also have the same thing where, I mean, it is the same thing. You have people on the other side of the far other side of the spectrum who can do the same thing. And you're just manipulating the situation when 95% of us are just like, we just want to be in peace we just want to we just want each other to understand each other we just want each other to respect each other what we're having today is we live in a society today we live in the most peaceful i know it's hard to think about it but we do live in the most peaceful time because now when you have technology and you have this information that's able to be spread across the world it's an a milliseconds. Um, it's really hard to get away with like, uh, putting, you know, 10,000 soldiers against 10,000 soldiers and watching them slaughter each other. We don't have those things. Um, it, still, there is crime. There's still bad things that happen. There's still social injustice and there's still inequality. Absolutely. But I think what's happening now is just like the saying it's darkest before the dawn. When you're about to the biggest fight, anything will put up is right before it's dead. 
right before you neutralize that threat. So I feel like we'll hit a peak of racism right before it honestly is, is, is squashed, but we have to bring it to that point. We have to, that's gross that that has to be like that. But, but look at when you logically look at everything, that is the cycle. They talk about the circle of life, the cycle and history repeats itself. All of these great things, it is, it's, it's, they're all sayings for a reason because it is, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be this, this maximum peak and everybody's like, look how devastating this was. Let's never do that again. Yeah. But then we'll do it well, in 50 years. Don't but then we'll do it again. Exactly. Yeah. And again, and again, yeah. and probably one more time yeah. for good measure. And said, go ahead, Bella. Sorry. Um, but like, um, I think that we should not have to do that. We yeah. shouldn't have to go through a really, really, really terrible situation to figure out that this is wrong. If people totally. just thought, if people just thought about something before they actually did something, before they actually did something that was going to cause a, a, a terrible effect on so, so, so many people, we would be in a much better place. If people used their brains before they did something that was ignorant we would be in a much better place. So Bella, how do you think that we get to that point? I how do think we teach it, people to think before we get to that point so that we don't have to end up there. Well, I do think that it's going to take a very, very long time because it's a very, very difficult thing to be able to fix. But I think that we should start with people that hold the most amount of power and tell them and convince them that we need to be doing this because it's wrong then those people of power have an effect on millions upon billions of people. So we get the people that hold the most power to tell the people that they hold power under. And if they hold enough power, they're going to be able to tell enough people. And it's just, it's just a game of, I mean, it's like, it's like a game of telephone and the game of telephone that we're playing is to be able to spread the message across millions and billions and billions and millions of people and and tell everybody about what we really need to do, which is think before you act. Think about what you're doing before you actually do it. Us as human beings don't think before we act in our daily lives. At least three times a day, we do things without thinking. It's called impulse, is, but is that, is that, is that are those uh, statistics you're like throwing us in? I like that fact. I too. like you. <laughs> I feel like that was like that. the perfect child way of saying, "Don't boo." Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. I was just gonna say, Bella. Like, I think you know. More importantly, like, I think it's hard to tell someone in power. I think we try it all the time. People march on Washington. People go to their state senators. People go to the government. I think it's even it's the the step even bigger than that is vote the right people into office that you think will get the job done. And that is hard. I think we've talked about this a lot. We've, we know people that we've helped try to get into office that we really truly believe in. And sometimes money wins out and the bigger candidate that has more money is going to beat out that Mm -hmm. candidate. And that makes it really difficult for voices to be heard. you know, I don't know what the solution is. I mean, we definitely have, you know, felt that it's never going to be clean. I I know politics is a word. It's like a verb in and out. It's like, you know, it's everything, but like it's, it's politics. You know, there's a game behind it. You have to have the right person that can play the game and play the way you need the game played. It's, it's finding the people that'll, that will work right. I think the hard thing is that people are just tired. So the only people playing the political game are the people that just like power. They're power-hungry mm-hmm. people. Me and Eddie have said this many times this week. Power breeds trouble lately. You know, like, when you... It, I, we, when we the serfs are fighting them. amongst themselves, they can't rebel against the king. And that's what we have right. is so right. it's easy to split. You have a, 
uh, for example, right now, we have people that are fighting the social inequality and social injustices against a group of people that feel like they're trying to keep our nation from collapsing and then the people that support them. When both of those parties are looking for the same thing, um, and, and that's the hardest thing, it's just what we're looking at right now is, in reality, there has been a four hundred year war on a group of people due to this, the color of their skin. And that's, that is the, the, the main philosophy to what we're dealing with right now. And I feel like everything, every power will try to get you to stray from that concentration. They will try to get you. We'll look at this and look at that. Look at that. No, 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 stop. It's not a smoke show anymore. It's not. And it won't end. It won't end until there's actually things that are done about this because we, we have seen it. I, it, I'm done. I am, I'm done with this, these issues. I uh, honestly, now I haven't watched, I haven't watched that George Floyd. I, I can't watch that video. I can't watch a man's life be taken in front of me. Because that's not, that's not, the fact that it happened is enough. I don't have to watch a video. I just have to hear that, that, and then in my opinion. You know what though, Eddie, like you don't have to watch that, but people, I mean, listen, I don't think that anyone should be watching someone's life be taken on you know, national news or TV or anything. That's somebody's family member. That's somebody's child. That's somebody's something. So I don't think that that should be on anything you know we've i think we've talked about this on other things you know somebody jumps off of a you know goes bungee jumping and the cord breaks and i don't think that should be on some stupid viral reddit thread either but i I see the power behind that being out there and i see the argument that other people have for why that's out there because there are people you don't need to see that because you know the power behind those eight minutes and 46 seconds as they are. Well, so from that, what, what, somebody else doesn't comprehend that. Right. And that video may be enough for them to go from this side of the line to that side of the line. Right. right. Like it something, I've, be. something I have said for a long time, obviously I'm, black is you know lives matter what (laughs) who who would have known i mean people listening might not know i get told that a lot it just goes to show like that's not that's another conversation (laughs) that's a different conversation for another podcast episode however you know i am my brother calls me like his tree hugging liberal bleeding heart sister and I, I really embraced that nickname, honestly, even though he kind of meant it a little bit as like a jab, but it's fine. It's cool. You know, and I had a close friend who was like, well, all lives matter. All lives matter. Right. No one's saying that they're not. However, we've got a problem. And she just kept on and on and on. And when this George Floyd video came out and then a few days later, um, the video about uh, the man in Central Park came out with the girl screaming on the phone, acting like she was in so much danger because she knew what type of power her voice had when all that operator could hear was her voice. And then a few days after that, during a protest, these college kids were taken out of their car and tased. And she texted me and she said, I've had enough. Like, I understand what you're talking about now. And that was really powerful to me. Like, you know, I've been preaching this song purple in the face for so long since the hashtag started and, and, and you're getting it, but you're getting it because you watched that on TV. Mm-hmm. You watched that moment on TV. And this is a reality that black people in the United States can't escape. Like I, I, it, I don't get to take the skin off. I don't get to take off a a uniform. When I leave my classroom at the end of the day, you know, I take off my teacher keys. I take off my teacher clothes. And then I'm mommy. I'm Auntie Janice. I'm the sister, the friend, you know, whoever. My work life is behind me. That's my other life. But I stay black. I can't can't change that. 
And I think that's something I want the kids to know too, you know, like you can't change what you look like on the outside, but what's on the inside is the really important part. And we should value what's on the inside of everyone, whether they agree with our opinion, whether they want to say things that we don't want to listen to, but you still have to value that that is a someone that's a person. That's a, a, a human being at the end of the day. Absolutely. Eddie made a really good analogy that I felt like was really powerful. Like, I, you know, I, I get, oh, I stole people, it. So just remember, I stole that. I said that I stole it. You stole it. Okay. Well, why, he brought it to my attention. Why people, you know, I get why people, you know, say all lives matter. I get that because maybe in their life, a police officer or somebody else is extreme. Their life is so important to them because I think that there's a fear that, they again see on the media portraying police officers or whoever as all bad. So they're concerned for the safety of their police officer, family or friend or whoever. And they want to make sure that they're saying, don't know everybody matters. Please don't put or pigeonhole our police officers or whoever that they're caring about into that same pile. I totally understand where they're coming from. So, of course, explain it. I refer it in we've uh, if you're listening to the podcast because you're interested into hearing what we have to say, you've probably heard this analogy, but the house on fire. Of course, all houses matter. But when the fire department comes, the house that's on fire needs the water right now. And in today, right now black America is burning and Mm -hmm. it is up to us to acknowledge that my house doesn't need water. I don't need anything, but what I need to do is I need to rush over to that burning house and I need to help put it out period. And to acknowledge that is to, to that's when you put yourself aside. And I, I think that's, we live in a country where it is this me first, a very selfish instant gratification kind of country. And when people don't feel that or they don't have that, they feel like they lost control. They feel like their freedom's taken away, whatever it may be. At this it's point in time, yeah, it's yeah. a fear-based country right now. And right, right. It's understandable. Right. And if I want more freedom, if if as American, I feel like my freedoms are being uh, attacked right now, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fight for people to have more freedom. That's it, period. So it, freedom is equality. Freedom is liberty. Freedom is justice. So I'm going to fight for a, a group of Americans that are dealing with this injustice and this inequality. That's what I'm going to fight for because at the end of the day, I'm fighting for my rights. I'm fighting for the American rights. And when you think a black American is different from a white American, then that's another issue that you have inside yourself. Because if I'm fighting for another American's rights, I'm fighting for my own rights, period. That's it. Great. I saw this really good... Um I don't want to call it a meme, but I guess it was a meme. It was like equal rights are for others does not mean less rights for you. Exactly. It's not pie. Right. It's not. <laughs> and that really stuck with me. I was like, I want that on a bumper sticker or t-shirt or something like it's not pie. Yeah. It's not pie. We're not fighting over pie. We're just asking that when you look at me or when you look at my daughter or when you look at my students you're not looking at them any different than you would look at me or my daughter or my students if they were the same complexion as you, you know, that doesn't mean that people are innately great or innately good or innately bad. It's just everyone deserves to be treated on the outside as we are on the inside. Yes. Which sounds super cheesy. I feel like I say this so often. Treat other people how you want to be treated. The golden rule. Treat other people how you want to be treated. That's that's like that. That's my religion. (laughs) That's it. It's it's such a it's 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 a perfect (laughs) philosophy because that does it it takes that responsibility. You you now are taking that responsibility onto yourselves. You're saying, Hey, listen, if I want this respect then obviously I have to give that respect. That's it. When we talk about the actions and stuff that, you know, 
that more than just speaking out and posting memes and saying that, you know, I'm a freedom fighter on Facebook. Um, I think what it comes down to is in my personal experience, what I'm learning from this is that honestly, I will never find myself being the person to film. I will never find myself being the person that's just documenting the situation. I need to step in immediately. I need to use the power that I have to interject and to make sure that these, if I'm ever a part of a situation like this, I will make sure that I do what it, what I feel is right. And I'm going to step up. So I want to just interject and say the, the person filming that was a teenage girl. No, and I'm not saying it's no, yeah, no, no part I of her not I, I stepping in. Say, it's so just, just that's what I reflect on. Does it now? It was, it was filmed by a teenage girl probably couldn't have interjected and was fearing. Absolutely. Um, in, in, in her thought, I could just knowing Annabella and knowing any teenage girl thought was probably, and considering everything going on was I can't, the only way she probably knew to help in the situation is was to at did. least document. And to be honest, what help she did, because if she had not documented that situation, Yep. Where would we be right now? And what would we be right. talking about? Right. That, those people, those right. four men would not be charged. I can almost guarantee right. that yep. there would have been a conversation about it wasn't eight minutes. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. Oh, it uh, was all these other reasons that they've already he tried. Was, he they've was already tried that. it. Right. So the fact that that video is there, the fact that that young girl had to even had to witness that um, she should get a ridiculous. So, Yes, I understand that for you, you I, I want to say that is your privilege. You right. are a strong white man. That. But that's what that's <laughs> but that's the thing is I have that's where I have the power and I need to use that. Like that's where right. I need to I need to take that advantage, use my opportunity to benefit others because that is my obligation. Honestly, that's that's where I am in my spirituality. Like I am nothing unless I'm helping others what are you at the end of the day? So I'm going to use that privilege. And I think it's really important, Eddie, that you're not feeling like, Oh, I don't want to say the word privilege because people get caught up in this. Where's my white privilege. I struggled. I was poor. We have government cheese, but like, (laughs) yeah, we did. (laughs) Yeah. I still acknowledge the inequality. Know me in real life, which is probably most of your listeners. Uh, my family, <laughs> my family is white, but I'm black. I'm adopted. Um, you know, like I kind of grew up a little bit benefiting from, you know, having a white family and growing up in a mostly white town 85 to 90 percent of the time, you know, and having that privilege doesn't mean having white privilege doesn't mean that your life is not hard. It doesn't mean that you didn't struggle. It doesn't mean that there were not, you know, uh, situations of animosity. It doesn't mean that you had to climb and crawl your way to where you are now. It just means that your skin color was not what made your life hard. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, that's it. I think, have you ever seen, there's this fantastic video I saw it on YouTube or Reddit or somewhere. I'm like, I go down Reddit rabbit holes for hours at night. Oh, I have I've a seen problem it. with me with that, but, um, it was fantastic. I saw it a couple of years back and it's, it's a high school and they're all out on a football field. And it's, the, I don't know if you've noticed, you've seen it and I'm probably going to say it wrong. And they're all standing in a line, you and say the, the coach or the teacher, the gym te- I don't know who he is, coach or teacher. And he's saying, you know, if you ever win a day without a meal, step forward no no no, no, no. if your parents are still he see he listed off all the privileges so if your parents are still together if you if somebody pays your cell phone bill if you've never had to help your parents with the bills right so all the privileges they got to step forward so he's each he's labeling them one by one by one and and as he's doing that somewhat they they step forward one step and you can see as people kind of drop off and drop off and drop off and everybody that's dropping off you know the most there are people of color dropping off. There are white people dropping off. And I, there were things that in my life I was thinking I wouldn't be stepping forward for some of these things. And I would have been one of those kids as a high schooler. And I would be thinking to myself, this doesn't feel good being the one that's left behind. 
but you are being left behind in life as well. Right. And that's, that's the message. It's not necessarily like, oh, well, you have privilege and you do not. It's that when you don't have those extra privileges in life and that you don't even know you have, and it's okay to have them. It's okay that you have these privileges, but just be aware that you had them. And that's what got you to that, what, that step, even not as a person of color, but somebody who had maybe less privilege, but still privilege there in the special needs community. The whole point of this is to say, we understand not everybody has the privileges we might have to find these resources. Let's bring them to you. It's the same idea. We, you know, that's the point of today's episode. We just want to bring more resources to somebody who might not have access to those. They're out there. Exactly. They're there. Yeah. You might need a little help to find it. And, you know, that's where we come in as teachers, as community members, you know, Hey, I see you need this. Let me help you. If I can't give it to you or I can't get it or help you make it, well, let's find somebody who can. Yeah. And I, if more people were willing to embrace that, you know, mentality, I think things would be a lot different. Well, I think you said it best, like earlier when you said like that, you know, how this, the school is kind of adapting that mentality, but that community mentality, community is a big word in so many different ways, but figuratively it's a big word as well. Like community is a big word and we need to remember that whenever we move forward in things and when we make choices and decisions, like Annabella said, when we, when we make a choice, we need to be thinking about the choices we make and we should be thinking about our community before we make those choices. Who is this affecting? Why is it affecting somebody? You know, I think I'm impressed Annabella that you are think you think that way. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't think it came from me and dad. Cause I feel like there are not many times we've been like, other than when you're in trouble. It came from me. <laughs> I'm like the most empathetic person like ever. You um, are. You are. Like for real. Janice is going to take credit for that one. It came from my Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> you, yep. you were very, very influential in her. Although I wish I could. I don't know. Years. It's those preschool foundations. Those early years. Which is, no, it's huge though. <laughs> yeah. And, um, um, and there was, um, and there, there are things I saw, like, um, I'm sure many people saw this of, um, policemen driving their cars through crowds of people like they're they're trying to shut us up they're trying to make us be quiet so that they can keep doing these things and frankly it's I don't think it's going to work because this is something that is so that really 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 needs to stop and it's in multiple millions millions of people realize this Billions, even billions of people realize this. So they're they're gonna try to shut this shut us up. They're gonna try to keep running cars through crowds of people. People. They're gonna still use rubber guns. They're gonna still use tear gas. Rubber bullets. Right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but it's not going to work. I personally, I don't believe it's going to work because we are because we're using our voices so much. And I think that we just need to keep using our voices and we we're, we need to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And it's going to get to a point where we're going to be able to do it, but we can't give up because then that they're going to win. People who are the, the bad, they're not all of them are bad, but the specifically not so good policemen or bad policemen. No, Bella, Bella, again, it's it's not. It's actually not the police. It's it is the system. The system. And okay. when we talk about the so, system, it's just a. It is a group of people that have collaborated together. Where they, this is an agenda for them to keep a. So yeah. Separation. I think we we talked about this earlier, not to go on a whole other tangent, but <laughs> that you know there are there are some bad police officers and more probably not just some but that. There is a there is a bad system in place, and when people that are put into a position of power who are systematically not someone who should be put in that position because they themselves are maybe the type of person that get off on that power or have just the wrong wiring to be put into that position, they are going to use that power for negative for the wrong ways. It's the same reason why 
um, a, a man in a position of power is going to abuse a female or use that position of power in a negative way. Or we said it the same, like the best analogy I could use was you never hear someone say a sol- the soldier is bad. You hear them say, if someone's complaining, you hear them say the the military is brainwashing a soldier. Like if that, if they're talking negatively about the military, they're never saying the soldier is messed up. They're saying the military brainwashed the soldier. You know, they're using the system as the, the issue. And I think that if that's how they feel about that, I'm not saying those are my views. I'm just saying that if that's how they feel about that, I think it's the same. Like the system as a whole needs to change before you can change one or two or three or four or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 bad cops. If you have a police officer who has racial tendency, you know, racist tendencies or is who, or gets off on power, you know, it's probably the same police officer that beats his wife when he gets home. Right. Or, or just even emotionally abuses his wife when he gets home and doesn't even know he's doing it. But now he has a position of power that he can use when ever he wants really every time he feels like pulling a car over and if he just has those free reins then it's just going to continue to happen so that system needs to change it needs to come from the top down it's not going to work from the bottom up yeah okay so like well yeah sorry Sorry, i didn't mean to cut you off no it's okay okay. (laughs) um but yeah that that it's they're trying the the system then i guess is trying to shut the shut up the people that are trying to make a positive change yes and it's a fact that it's a positive change why do you think that why do you think that's happening do you, i do you think it's because if the voices are heard then the system is in trouble right because mm-hmm. Because because then they are the ones that have to change the things that they want to do. They're the right. ones that have to change the issues that they're creating. And they want they don't want to change that because they just want to keep doing what they're doing. And that's not okay and that needs to stop. And it's really stupid of people to think that they can just keep doing it without getting punished because they're going to end up getting punished because we're going to have loud voices and we're going to be strong and we're going to keep pushing through and we're going to make a difference. I love that you keep saying we. Same. <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> I'm probably like, going to hang it in my hat. Like... <laughs> Put it right next to that. Oh, I love you. It's just so... like, I, I, like, I, I, I'm saying I so many times and I hate it. We. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> but no, yeah, how you feel. personally, I feel me personally cannot say i'm going to make a difference because we are going to make a difference people who are trying as a whole are going to make a difference it's not one specific person it's not me it's us yeah but you have to provide that energy that's you okay but i'm not the only one trying it's everybody it's all of these people who are at these protests who are signing petitions who are donating they're not just using the hashtag even though using the hashtag sure it's spreading awareness but people aren't just using the hashtag which i think is a really great thing because they're not just using that they're signing petitions they're donating they're going to protest they're they're emailing like people that are i don't know like in charge of this stuff um they're senators yes those states their representatives putting their money where their mouth is yes specifically right now you know there are plenty of people of color in the special needs community who maybe have children that are nonverbal or or other reasons and this is even a scarier time for them right now mm-hmm. knowing that you know their child is nonverbal me and daddy talked about this if if little eddie was a teenager or whatever, and he was stopped by the police and he was nonverbal, let's say, and didn't know how to react to a police officer. He probably would just be approached in a way of, Oh, this child or this kid doesn't know how to react to us. They would, the police officer would respond that way. Not thinking, why is this child not responding? Well, if a child of color or a teenager of color was not responding to a police officer historically they're not treated the same way the well, response is, is held differently 
Well, I think with that, it's a little bit different because I think that, um, I think that really, I really don't think that, uh, the, the average police officer would like, I mean, I'm not saying that, that they wouldn't react differently to a person of color versus a white person. I don't think that that is, I, I think that yes, they maybe would, they probably would and possibly like, you know, react a little bit differently, but I do think that since I do think I do believe that a police officer would have a little bit of concerns and reaction towards both. I, I, I think, think that, that I don't think is that I don't I think the fear is not is that that I think there's a fear at this point that you they have to be prepared for any that everyone has to be prepared for anything and and be and be prepared in case that's not the situation because there's a fear at this point. So well, historically what's gone on. Right. I'm just saying, like, I think that, I mean, I've seen, I don't know if, like, any people watch the show Atypical, um, but it's a really good show. And in the show, um, the main character, Sam, he's autistic. He is approached by a police officer, does not know to react, and kind of doesn't respond to the police officer. Um, And he is white, so the police officer, but still, the police officer has a lot of assumptions. So I think that it doesn't... I think that it doesn't necessarily in that type of situation, maybe, yes, it would have a stronger effect if the, if the person was a person of color. I think that the reaction would be a little more aggressive. But if I think for both, for all races, I think that the police officer, I mean, their immediate reaction is, are you on drugs? What drugs are you on? Like, yeah. those are... Those are just the immediate reactions of a police officer. And I think that in general, what we need to be teaching our police officers is how to properly react with people of color, which I think should be taught a long time ago. And I think it shouldn't be something we have to teach now. (laughs) How about properly react with anybody? Yes, I think it should be how to react with people of color, which police officers obviously need to know to learn. Quite a few need to learn that. And I think children with different special needs, they need they they want to be independent. They're being independent. That should be celebrated. And I think that they should also, you know, I think that a police officer should look for different signs. I think that they should learn more about all disabilities also. I think that's the key. I think I understand what you're saying because in the atypical episode, it wasn't that the police officer approached him appropriately. It's that he approached him inappropriately. Correct. And he didn't handle the situation well because he didn't understand that he had a disability. Right. And that's not necessarily their fault. Are you saying that you're thinking that in any situation, the police officer may not handle that well? Yes. In any situation with any race. At the end of every episode, we do like to ask our guests if they had 30 seconds to say anything to our community, what would you like to say? You know, I, I just think it goes back to what the original conversation was building that community, starting at home, building that community inside of our classrooms, teaching our kids that it's okay to disagree with somebody and it's okay to politely teach someone something they may not know, open their eyes to a new perspective. And it's okay to let other people have the same rights that you have. Because like I said earlier, it's not pie. There's enough for everyone. And am I allowed to put in a shameless plug? Of course. Oh yeah, all day. Okay, Sh- shameless plug. You follow um, Brit- Brittany Liz Strong on Instagram or myself, OMG, it's Pre. We are starting a um, fitness challenge with donations going to the Loveland Foundation. And the Loveland Foundation is uh, a nonprofit that is committed to showing up for communities of color in unique and powerful ways with a particular focus on Black women and girls. And their resources and initiatives are... Um, prioritizing opportunity, access, validation, and healing, especially to those with mental illness. So you can oh, visit I them like at lovelandfoundation.org and give them a little donate. Nice. We'll link all that to our uh, episode. I like that. And so, Annabella, um, <laughs> just like we like to do at the end of every, every episode, we do ask our guests, if you had 30 seconds to speak directly to our community, what would you like to tell them? 
there is a change that we need to make and we need to keep fighting and we need to keep pushing to make this change because if we stop, it's just going to keep happening. And we can't get lazy. If we can push through this fight and we can really succeed in this fight, the world is going to change for the better more than it really ever could. Like this is, this would be a very, very big opportunity. It'd be a very good thing for us to succeed in. Awesome. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on, Janice, and being a guest on the show. And thank you for having me. I was secretly for like months being like, "What can I contribute to this show?" Please, you can come on, yo, Janice. I swear to God, like me and you have like that mental like connection because that's exactly. I was like, we gotta find a way. I would love to do a show with Janice. Oh, we know you could have your own show, the two of you, all day long. so Janice, no, I'm gonna call no. you. We're gonna make a proposal. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kristen, for the idea. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, please make sure you share with a friend and leave a review. You can find all the resources mentioned in this episode on our Facebook or Instagram on at special about special. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.